Well, welcome everybody. Good to see y'all tonight. Y'all enjoy the meal. Uh, thank the, I guess the crows, my family, for uh, for fixing the meal tonight. Give them a hand. That's right. Hey, 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 hey. Got some more desserts. Yeah, Feel free to come on out. up and, yeah. and grab some. So. Uh, yeah, just know you're on camera if you do come up here. So, but feel free to come up. Delbert's you know? always good with timing. He's just that's got right, that timing down right. So, um, we're going to continue tonight. Obviously, in our in our study in Galatians, um, we're going to be in chapter two. We're finishing out chapter two and then starting into chapter three, and uh, it's going to be good tonight. I think I was just you know talking with Jeff and Andy. And I said tonight I think is going to be stuff really that we kind of already know, but that we don't really go into too much detail about. Uh, that we don't really define as as much, and so uh, it's going to be neat. It's going to be neat to see some of Paul's arguments and uh, where he takes some of the things where he where he uses scripture and things like that. So, um, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and then uh, we'll let Andy start us off tonight. Dear Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for this uh, wonderful time, this wonderful gathering. God, we just ask you bless this time of fellowship and bless us as we uh, as we just go into your word. Speak to our hearts. We thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So tonight we're we're already a chapter and a half into Galatians, and we've already seen a big question that has uh, has has arisen in the church. And that question was, should the Gentiles follow the law of Moses? Do you all remember what the answer to that was? Say it loud. No. Okay, that's right. So the answer was no. The Gentiles do not have to follow the law. But you know, Paul doesn't stop there. And he very, he very well could have stopped there because he could have said, that's right, the, the Gentiles do not have to follow the law. But Paul takes it a little bit further. He, he knows that there's a deeper question at play. And he's going to try to address this, this deeper question. So before we get into it, though, let's, let me ask you some questions to help set up our discussion. First question, how are we saved? Faith. By grace, by grace through faith. Okay, I did hear by grace through faith. Through Jesus Christ. Yeah, very good. I think like, all this is right. This is all right. Um, the simple answer is God. So the simple answer yeah. is that our salvation comes from God. That's right. And yes, Jesus did pay the price, and we are saved by, by faith, by belief in Jesus Christ. But when it really comes to salvation, can you save yourself? No. Nope. That's right. You cannot save yourself. That's right. So that's not even up for debate, right? You, no. you can't. There's nothing you can do. That's right. So... It, it wasn't back then, like you, you couldn't save yourself back then. That question wasn't up for debate back then, and it's not up for debate now. Salvation is where God's territory is. That's what God does. That's right. So the question then becomes, if you can't save yourself, then how are we justified? Uh. Okay, That's, I, I didn't hear. Did, some, did anybody say anything? Maybe <laughs> it was quiet. It was very not confident. It wasn't as confident as the first answer. So let's let's look. Let's dig into this. So this was the question behind the question. Yeah. And God saves, but why would He declare us righteous? Mm. So let's first let's talk about the Greek word for justification. Now I have no idea how to pronounce this. Chris, <laughs> is this word going to be going on the screen? The Greek word <laughs> yeah. for justification is that one up there. 
Dikaiosis. Dikaiosis. I don't know. It's Greek to it's me. Very, very good. Very good. Dikaiosis. That's pretty close. Sorry, it's pretty I didn't close. Get my joke. Dikaiosis. <laughs> wah, wah. It's, it's Greek to me. So it was a legal term meaning to render righteous or innocent or to be made as one should be. So let's think about this in a real world comparison. So when you go before, when you go, if you ever go on trial for something, who declares you innocent? Is it you that declares you innocent? Who, who declares you innocent? Judge. Judge. Okay, so... Or the jury, okay, or a jury. but Depending on how bad the crime is. But the point is you cannot (laughs) declare yourself innocent. The judge or the jury declares you innocent. Only the judge can declare this. But why would he do that? So why would a judge declare you innocent? So as we we move back to Galatians, Mm -hmm. so we're going to see a tense moment in the early church. And we won't get to read all of it, but apparently... Peter, so Peter sins with, hand, with his handling of the Gentiles yeah. and the Jewish believers. And what we're going to see is Paul's going to call him out. Yeah. He's, going to, he's going to confront him about this uh, and, and how he deals with the Gentile believers versus the Jewish believers. Mm-hmm. And he gives them some perspective. So we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 15. Galatians 2 verses 15 through 18 is what we'll read first. Here's what it says. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So what was the first thing he says right there? We are, that we know, we as Jews know that we are not justified by the law. Mm-hmm. So he's already saying the Jews know, even though we follow law, this isn't what justifies us. Right. But by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law no one will be justified. But if in, but if in seeking to be justified in Christ we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed then I really would be a lawbreaker. I love, I love that question that, that Paul poses here. He says, uh, if we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? And he says, absolutely not. So, so Paul, at this point, he's still giving a history lesson. And he's talking about events that have happened to him and in his past. He's a witness at this point. So he's a witness to things in his own life and how Christ has justified and sanctified him in his own life. So Paul's using his history lesson to set up the rest, to set up the rest of this book. He's, he's taken all of this history that he's been through and he's bringing us to this point to move forward. So here's Paul's point. First, we find justification by faith in Jesus not by works of the law. That's right. So he said it in verse 15, immediately right off the bat, he says that we Jews know that you cannot be justified by the works, by the law. The law does not justify you. Mm-hmm. So he's pointing out that it's your faith, not your works of the law that justify you. And secondly, our faith in Jesus moves us towards sinners not away from them. Now, this seems like an 
odd thing for us because we tend to migrate away from what we would term sinners. We tend to migrate away. We don't want to be caught with these people over here. But Paul's pointing out, hey, this is, this is not what we're called to do. We're not called to segregate. We're not called to separate from the sinners. In fact, kind of being in the middle of the sinners and, and loving them the way Jesus did is, is exactly how we're yeah. supposed to be because that's exactly how Jesus did it. Yeah. So Paul's already addressing this and being like, it's not the works of the law. And you're not supposed to be avoiding the world. You're not supposed to be completely segregating yourself from the rest of the world. Paul clearly states that it's through law he came to this conclusion. So the law is what showed Paul this truth. Even though the law didn't justify him, the law did point him in the right direction to show him the truth in his life and in the life of the Gentiles and the Jews that he's dealing with now. So that it's through faith we find our justification. So to suggest anything else would mean that Jesus died in vain. Yeah. So when you, when you think about what Paul is saying to the church, and that's what Paul is doing, he, he, he's, he's speaking directly to the church. And, and in chapter 2, uh, we see how Paul settles this dispute, if you will, this, this challenge that he had with Peter, and how Peter was treating the Gentiles one way and the Jews another. Uh, he moves past this history lesson, and now he wants to make a very clear point, and he's going to quote Scripture uh, as he does it. So I want you to jump into chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at a passage, uh, verses 7 all the way through 14. So think about, think about it. It's our faith, right? It's our faith that, that, that justifies us. We are justified by our faith in Christ Jesus. We've already said this. God is the one who saves Now let's see what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verses 7 through 14. He says, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. There he is, he's saying it again. You're justified by faith. And announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. Do you see that? In Genesis, we already see that God has a heart of saving all people, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. He says, all nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 10, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by what? Faith. Not law. The righteous will live by faith. It doesn't say law, it says faith. Verse 12, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. What an awesome word for you and me today. Amen? Like like Paul is talking 
about the faith you and I have, right, as Gentiles, the faith that we have. God saw this all the way back in, in the book of Genesis. It all He saw this when he saw Abraham. He had this plan in place. And, and look, this can get confusing, right? And the reason it can get confusing is because if anybody could debate, it was Paul. Paul was like really good at debates. And he knew his scripture. And he knew his scripture. Knew his That's scripture. what I was saying. He knew it frontwards, backwards, yep. sideways. And so when we take our time to really work through what Paul says, what we do is we realize the beauty of what he is saying, the beauty of God's plan. So let's look at Paul's argument, if you will, Paul's challenge. Uh, first of all, he says the blessings and promises of God are brought about by faith and not the law. The promises and the blessings of God, they're brought about by faith and not the law. Paul tells the church that long before we ever had the law, guess what we had? Faith. Go back and look at it. Did Abraham have the law of Moses? Nope. He had faith. He had faith. So long before the law even existed, there was faith. Abraham, he lived by his faith and because he lived by faith, what did God declare him? Righteous. righteous. God declared him righteous. And again, this was long before the law of Moses ever existed. Uh, in fact, Abraham was declared righteous two chapters before he was told to be circumcised. Think about that, right? Before he ever had a rule to follow. Before he ever had a rule to follow, he was declared righteous because he had faith in God. And it was two chapters later that he finally was told to do something. Be circumcised. And, and so when you think about that, uh, what, what, what a beautiful passage of Scripture. And Paul's making that very clear to a group of people who right now are confused. They're confused about law and justification and salvation. And, and, and listen, there, there are some false teachers who are saying, you got to do it this way to be saved. And Paul's saying, no, no, no. Let's go back to the very beginning. Let's go back to the Scripture and look at it. Let's make sure what we're teaching is Scripture and not in and of ourselves. And so according to this passage, uh, God's promises to Abraham, number one, was salvation. Salvation. He, he, he basically made a promise to Abraham, I am going to save you. you. You will be saved. We are justified by our faith. And when God sees our faith in Him, He honors that. Uh, it is our faith in what God can do and what God has done that makes it special. It's not about what we do. It's about what God does and, in fact, what God has done. So he makes a promise to Abraham that begins with salvation. Then he makes a promise about the Gentiles, right? I love this because he's talking about the Gentiles. When God tells Abraham, all nations will be blessed through you, he meant it. When God doesn't just say something in passing and it's like, oh, okay. No, when God says something, you better listen. And it's going to come true. It's a reality. And so it is through Jesus and it is through faith that God has opened the doors for all of mankind, not only to hear the gospel, but to receive the gospel. So, so we get to hear it and we get to make a choice to receive it. And that's a gift from God. Uh, Jesus, I love this, Paul makes it very clear, Jesus became my sin offering, your sin offering. Jesus, the one who knew no sin, he became sin so that you and I might be declared righteous. So that you and I might be justified, but most importantly, 
so that you and I, through repentance of sin and faith in Jesus, might be saved. And I'd, I'd just like to point out, that's just, and just to kind of chase a rabbit, I guess, but that, that's a, a, a beautiful uh, portrayal because, you know, you say today, like, oh, do we still need sacrifices today? And we'll say, oh, no, we don't. But actually, we do. Hmm. It's just Jesus is our daily sin offering. That's he right. is our offering. That's right. That's right. So, so this is beautiful. So not only does he talk about salvation, not only talk, does he talk about the Gentiles, he also talks about the Spirit. Don't you love that? He talks about the Spirit. Uh, ever since the fall of man, ever since the fall of man, God has moved and moved and moved to get closer and closer to his creation. Uh, he reached out to a man. The man we've been talking about right here in this passage is Abraham. He moved out to Abraham and he began the process of reconciliation. God was reconciling himself to man. I, I love this. Uh, then he dwelt in what is known as the tabernacle and, and later the temple. And, and, that, and again, we talked about that this morning. The temple was like a beacon for the Jews. Mm-hmm. Like it was the place of all places because God's presence, right? God resided in the temple. And, and so now, what is Paul saying about that, about God's presence? Now it's not just a tabernacle. Now it's not just a temple, a place. Now it's what? It's you. It's me. It's us. God resides in us. And so Jesus, he tore that veil that divided us, right, from God uh, and allows a personal connection with God. That's who Jesus is. He who knew no sin became sin so that you and I might be right with God, might be declared righteous by God, might be justified by God, might be saved by God. And so when you think about it, you know, I know we're spending a lot of time talking about law because that was really the topic uh, of debate. And Paul, again, is the, the man who can debate. I know that we're talking about law, but listen to me. God's story has always been more about his promises than about the law. Do you hear me? God's story from Genesis all the way through Revelation has always been more about his promises than just his law, okay? And and I want to make sure you understand that God's promises are... Listen, we're not sitting here saying the law is not important. We're not sitting here saying, no, uh, the law is no longer existent. No, listen, if God gave us law, it's good. It's good. And, and, And it should be followed. But here's the thing. It's not to be followed like the Jews followed it in that day. It's not to be relied upon for salvation. It's not to be relied upon for the presence of the Spirit. Listen, that's through Jesus Christ. It's what God has done, not what we do. Right? And that's what Paul is saying. So so this is all this is all good stuff, right? This is all pretty I would say we're thinking like, okay, this is pretty common, pretty easy to understand. Okay, so you know, it's our 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 justification comes through faith, okay? All right, so that's that's like our side of it. You've got salvation, which is totally God's, all right? That's his realm. That's his side of things. We can't save ourselves. But then justification, like why would God declare us righteous, right? It's through faith. And then God's promises are brought about by faith, right? Not the law. And that's what, that's what, you know, Paul is, is, is going into, right? And, you know, the Jews are like, okay, 
right? I, I get that. I get this whole Jesus. I mean, he's talking to believers, right? Yeah, yeah. This is Paul. He's talking to the church, and he's talking to Gentiles and Jews. We got the inclusion of the Gentiles, right? But imagine if you're a Jew, and you've been following the law your whole life. Mm. You've been following the law because you believe in God, but because, you know, you want to honor God. What is your question then? If, if, if it's all about faith, what's your question then? Why I've been following the law all this time? <laughs> like, what's the point? And that's where Paul goes. Yeah. That's where he goes in this, in this letter. And it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. This, this is good stuff. Brothers and sisters, this is, uh, excuse me, this is Galatians 3, starting in verse 15, uh, going through 25. It says, brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this. The law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously previously established by God, and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why then, he asked it for us, why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed, and as a in my Bible, it's capital yeah, S, yeah, talking, yeah. right? Talking about Jesus That's until right. the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, applies more than one party, but God is one. Mm-hmm. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. We see that again. He talked about mm-hmm. Jesus. He's yeah. like, absolutely not, right? Yeah. He's saying yeah. this again, absolutely not. For if a law could be given... That or had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come could uh, would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now this faith has come. We are no longer are no longer under a guardian. Mm. And so I know this has been a lot of scripture tonight, uh, and we tried to, you know, take I say take some of it out, just kinda condense it a little bit and, mm-hmm. and you know, give us what what really would need. Um but we're gonna try to tie this together. Okay? We're gonna look at all what we've talked about, we're gonna tie this together. First thing is and it's very interesting um, new covenants do not do away with old covenants. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I want you to think about what Paul was saying here. Okay, let's, let's take, like, all right, the Constitution. It's not really a, a it's not covenantal law, and, and, like, our type of law isn't exactly the same. But right. think like the Constitution. It's the law of the land, right? No state can pass a law that will override it. Like, that's the way it works. All right? It's kind of in that sense. Old God made an old covenant. He, he's he's making new covenants along the way, but it doesn't override the old one. And you know what Paul says? Jesus is actually the old covenant. 
That's what he says. When he says faith, he said, when it comes to faith, he said the gospel was preached to Abraham. That's right. It came by faith. Now, I understand, you know, Jesus talks, you know, he talks about a new covenant. I I believe in that he has a new covenant with us. But when it comes to faith in Jesus, Paul says, this is what it's been all along, guys. Mm -hmm. This isn't, this shouldn't be anything new to you. We, we, we have had this in our, and he's talking, you know, speaking to the Jews. So we've had this in our culture, right? And so, the law doesn't override it. And, and here's what I want to make a distinction of in talking about justification and, and, and such. Um, and I've talked with, with Andy and Jeff this week. We're talking about like how much information to give because we could be here all night talking about all the details. But he keeps using this phrase, works of the law, uh-huh. works of the law. That's not a general term. That's Jewish halakha. All right, that is uh, in the Greek ergunamu. It is a it is the oral traditions yep. of the Jews, and basically they would say because I you know live by the law, right? I'm going to work out my faith by living out the law, and that was why he keeps using that phrase "works of the law." That's right. And he says, no, 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 no. It, that's that's not the the purpose of the law. Right, it it is faith that justifies it, and you all you got to do is go look at Abraham yep. to understand that that came before that. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's the thing: the second thing, the law was given to teach the Jews how to live by faith. <laughs> it 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 wasn't to give them faith; their faith was to help them live out the law. And it's it's hard when you go look at that, but I think it's back what what Jeff was reading in like yeah. verse eleven and twelve. That's right. You know, he's saying that people will live by this, right? It's by faith, and that people who who live by this will do these things. Uh-huh. He's saying it, it was it is faith that helps you live live it out. Yeah. That helps you live out your life for God. That's what the law was given for, and or do, part of the reason. And by doing that, they were a demonstration to the world. Exactly. Of who God is to them. Right. They were supposed to be different. That's right. They were supposed to demonstrate God in the way that they lived by faith. Yeah. And so it was faith that was to help them work, you know, out. And listen, I don't know about you, but I'd probably need a lot of faith to not eat bacon. Like, (laughs) that takes a lot of faith, y'all. Pork is so good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's just one. That's just one thing. Come on. Y'all, if y'all ever looked at the laws, like if y'all ever, like, you know, your clothes, you can't have uh, interwoven fabrics. You get, like, if it's got to be, like, 100% cotton, right? Uh, You got to do like that. And then, like, you got to wear the the prayer shawl with tassels. There's there's so much stuff. And that stuff is like what Jeff was saying. It was to let the Israelites be different from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. It was to make them holy. It was to set them apart. Yeah. But it wasn't what saved them. It, it wasn't what justified them. And if you think about it like salvation again, God's side of things, justification is our side of things, if you want to kind of break it down simply. Mm-hmm. That's not what justified them. So he said the law was, guys, that was to teach us how to live by faith. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Then also he says the law was given as a protector and a mediator. Yeah. And in verse 23 and 24, it's a little, it's, the language is kind of harsh. Our translation is kind of harsh. It sounds a little bit like prison language, you know, held in custody and locked up. But the word is actually that of a pedagogue. Mm-hmm. And a pedagogue is someone who is basically put in place or in charge 
um, when you're not ready. So think of like a uh, a child king, right? The older king dies. The child is not ready to take on uh, his role as king. And so a person is put in place to kind of help them, help raise them up. And that was what the law was for. It was it was kind of a uh, something to stand in the gap until, you know, for whatever reason, God waited for, you know, Jesus to come when he came, mm-hmm. right? And and that's God's reasoning for why he came when he did. Mm-hmm. But apparently, um, it was, the law was put in place, as Paul says, to kind of be kind of stand in the gap until Jesus came. Yeah, it was a guardian. It was the guardian. It was something to help uh, the Israelites to kind of help them learn to be. And here's the deal. If you look at law, if you look at the law, just the law, not all the extra stuff uh, that the Jews had added, it led them to, to yes, be you know holy, be separate, to make, try to be clean, but it also led them to help others. It, it was supposed to lead them uh, to, even if you had to, quote-unquote, break the law to help someone, for instance, the... Uh, you know, everybody's heard of getting the donkey out of the ditch on the Sabbath, right? <laughs> like, there's a reason behind that. It's because what actually trumps the law, right, the the being, I wouldn't say perfect, but being clean, being, uh, you know, wholly set apart, is making sure that you are helping others. The law was intended to show them, listen, you're supposed to treat the aliens, the widows, the orphans, you're supposed to remember them, right? You're supposed to keep them. I mean, they had this whole ritual like every year where they would where they would do that, right? And then every seven years, if there were any slaves or anything like that, they had the uh, year of Jubilee where they would release the slaves. I mean, mm-hmm. like law was given to help uh, to help show them how how to be. Mm-hmm. That's what the purpose of the law was. That's what. Paul is trying to tell them it it that's what it, its job was. Yeah. And so it doesn't justify you. It doesn't following, you know, you know, being good, being uh doing good works, doing good things isn't what justifies you before God. Right. And you know what that sometimes is a little uncomfortable with us. Mm-hmm. Because we like to be recognized for our good deeds. We we like to be recognized um, for when we do the right things, and or, or for even you know being a good person. Uh, we like it, you know, when you hear you know that person over there, man, they're just different, man. They're 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 great. They just man, you just don't see too many people like that. We like that. The thing is, is as Paul says, it's got nothing to do that with that when it comes to justification. Right. When it comes between you being right. Before God, hmm. it's all about your faith. Yeah. L- listen to that question again. I, I, I just want to read this to you because I found this very interesting. Because Paul, being a good debater, he asked the question that he knows they want to ask. So he just asks it for them because he knows they may not. He says in verse 21, Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Right? Is the law opposed to the promises of God? His answer is absolutely not. No, no, the promises of God and the law of God, they are connected. They are tied together. That's why I'm saying tonight, we're not bashing the law and saying, oh, you don't have to follow the law, don't do the law. That's not what Paul is saying, and that's not what we're saying. I love Dr. David Jeremiah. Listen to how he says it. Uh, He says, the law 
and the promises of God are not opposed to one another. The problem is that the law, with its humanly impossible standards, with its humanly impossible standards, does not save. It only condemns. It's our failure, right? It's our failure to keep the law. We bring judgment upon ourselves. And so that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, listen, especially to the Jews. That's why he already asked the question, why would you put a yoke on the Jews that you can't even carry yourself? Like, like, why would you tell them to depend upon something for salvation Mm -hmm. that you know you can't even depend upon? And and so, so Paul is trying to make sure that they understand, hey, listen, it's faith in what God has done and what God is doing through Jesus Christ. That, that, that's what justifies you, your faith. You're saved by God. It's God's salvation mm-hmm. for you. And, and, and he's saying it's not upon the works. But now we don't just disregard the no. works, right? It, it's because the works are, are, I mean, the law, so to speak, the works of the mm-hmm. law, they, they work in tandem, right, with the promises. But you got to get them in order. And, and you gotta, you got to rely upon the, the promises of God. you got to rely upon God and not the works of the law when it comes to salvation and justification. And I, I, that's a good point because if you go back, and listen, I encourage you to go back, yeah. take some time, go through especially chapter 3, mm. and look at all the verses Paul quotes. Yeah, He jumps all over Scripture. Yep. And particularly, though, when he's talking to the Jews, he says uh, in verse 10, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, mm-hmm. as it is written. And what does that mean when it says, as it is written? He's quoting scripture. Yep. says, curse is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of laws. That Deuteronomy. is in Deuteronomy. Yep, Deuteronomy. And what Paul is saying is, he's like, guys, you know this. You remember way back then when we were at Mount Elba, or Ebal, <laughs> El- or yeah, however yeah, you call it, yeah, yeah. and the Levites shouted out, cursed is anyone who doesn't follow this, and they named these laws. And all the people were there going, Amen. They'd say another one. Cursed is anyone who doesn't follow this. Amen. And so he said, if you want to be justified by the law, this is kind of his point. If you want to be justified by the law, that's fine. But you're going to be living under the, think of it like the weight. You are living under the weight of trying to be perfect. Condemnation. Right? You have this condemnation and this curse hovering over you because as the Jews, we agreed to that. Yeah. All right? So that's what you're going to live by. If If you want to live by works, that's what you're going to be dealing with, mm-hmm. that it, you're going to have to be perfect. But it's not about that. It's, it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's all about God. And here's the thing. Yeah. Our justification before God can only be found in faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. Period. You don't work it out any other way. And... and we all say yes, and we all say amen, but when you have a murderer who's on death row who gives his life to Christ, some people have a problem with that. Don't we? We, we have a problem with people who live a sinful life, but right here, God says, or Paul says, no, 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 it is their faith in God that justifies them. That's it. It's not about what you can do. And, and, and here's the, the last thing. Yeah. Our faith, it produces work. 
That's right. Work doesn't produce faith. Work doesn't produce faith. I mean, here's the deal. You can work. You can do a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. But if you are doing work and you're saying, man, I hope that, uh, you know, God's going to get, you know, be blessed or going to bless me by doing this, you're still hoping in something. You you have you have faith. You are doing it because you have faith in God that He's going to do something about it. That's why you're doing the work. Mm. Faith will always come before works. Yeah. And so when we when we look at this, and and I'm going to tell you again, it seems like all you know, like yeah, okay, we get the justification, we get all this, but when we start getting down to the nitty gritty and the details, sometimes we start getting uncomfortable with like, wait, just everybody, anybody can come to Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Anybody and everybody. Because we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. There's not a single one of us better than the other. We like to think we are. But this is what Paul was, was really hammering down and getting to. And I'll say this because we keep we keep, you know, obviously we've got to finish out. I can't remember if I finished out three. I'm just looking at my notes, man. No, we're going to do that next week. Yeah, we finish out three, going in and talking children of God. Mm-hmm. Let's get just a little bit left. That'll be next week. And then we've got three more chapters. And the question is, because you're like, I'm, Jeremy, I'm tracking with all this. This seems good, okay? We don't have to follow the law. I get that. But again, if you're a Jew, all right, so Paul just answered, the, well, why did we follow the law? And it could be even them like, okay, all right, well, I get that. But then the next Jews' next question for the Gentiles is going to be, well, what do they have to follow then? Mm-hmm. And isn't that our question? Like, we've got to hold ourselves to some kind of standard, and that's where we're going to end up going. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to leave you a little teaser on that. But, <laughs> but guys, when it comes down to it, um, there is nothing, and I, I think we would all agree with this, there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. That's right. Salvation is clearly and purely on the side of God. Mm-hmm. It's all all his. Uh, you can almost say it's like God saves who he wants to save. Now people can twist that and go where they want to go with it, but <laughs> but it's on it's on him. But justification for us comes through our faith. Yeah. It, it is faith that leads us to move forward in our walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. that's what all I have for tonight.